Delisted the Podcast. I'm Michael K. And I'm Allison. So not much news happened last week. You know, just a little thing called five men and one woman of the Supreme Court voting to take away abortion rights from those with uteruses. That's all. Yeah, just a regular week, you know? Yeah, just a, a slow, a slow week. Your That's typical really your typical M to F. Monday to In Friday. America <laughs> today, yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But um, as every single person who is listening to this podcast knows, the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe versus Wade, which has been the law of this land for almost 50 years, my entire life. Um, so now the right to an abortion is back with the states. Almost half of the states are expected to ban access to a safe abortion. It's already banned in Alabama, Arkansas, Kentucky, Utah, and other states. Right. Soon to be many more. Yes. And we knew this was coming because it was leaked a while ago, but it's still frustrating, embarrassing, sad, infuriating, scary since this is the first time that uh scotus has taken away a right it's like we're going okay. back to um if these walls could talk to the de- no if these walls could talk, could one, talk one, the, de- the demi Moore part yeah just and if the, the demi Moore part right because if these walls could talk two that was about lesbians yeah this is if these walls could talk one it's sad. about abortions so, yes whenever big news that's not gossip or celebrity breaks the way a lot of celebrity sites handle it is with those celebrities react posts. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's basically a way for like celebrity sites to cover news that isn't celebrity news. And like whenever that happens, I always have to stop myself from pitching to you, Allison, and the other writers a sub- celebrities react post. I'm always like typing it out. <laughs> like, don't do it. Don't rec- <laughs> Don't pitch a celebrity's react post. Celebrities chime in about the following decision. See, I don't mind them. I kind of like them, and I like writing them because I want to see. I want to see who's on what side of what. I want to know where their brain is at. Well, but yeah, but sometimes it's like they include like an extra from Vanderpump Rules, who really doesn't add anything. Just which says, is. It's truly a kind of who who cares? <laughs> they're not adding to the they're adding to the conversation in a way that isn't ne- ne- uh, a necessity for people to have in their arsenal of knowledge. So we're going to do a version of that. Only we're going to focus on the bigger responses. So, so no Vanderpump rules. <laughs> sadly, no Vanderpump rules extra in this one. You'll have no. to go to another celebrity site to find what they think about this. Mm-hmm. So let's start with Lizzo. Yes. Uh, Lizzo put her money where her mouth is. She's donating $500,000 to Planned Parenthood. And Live Nation, she's currently on tour. So Live Nation is matching her donation. So together they're donating $1 million. I can do math. I can do that kind of math. She also gave info on where her fans can donate and help. So she tweeted, I'm pledging 500000 for my upcoming tour to Planned Parenthood and abortion rights. Live Nation agreed to match to make it $1 million. Black women and women of color have historically had disproportionately less access to family planning resources. This is a great loss, but not a new one. Go to LizzoLovesYou.com to donate, sign, 
the bands off my body petition and sign up to volunteer and take action. The most important thing is action and loud voices. No, that's super good. Also, I I do enjoy that she's like Live Nation is matching it because imagine if Live Nation wasn't matching it. Imagine if Live Nation was like, uh, well, uh, let's we'll get back to you on that later. What if <laughs> she said luck. that they were going to no. match and they weren't? No, oh. I mean if like Lizzo was like, I'm gonna make this donation. Like, will you guys match it? And if they're like tugging their collars, being like, er, I don't know. What I'm trying yeah, to say is that could that wouldn't be a good look. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be a good look. And it could have been something that was that would happen because I think some there's a lot of companies and corporations that are like saying that they'll pledge money and that they'll, you know, give their employees uh, like they'll pay for like transportation costs if they need to go get an abortion. But like there's also definitely going to be some companies that are like suspiciously quiet for the next little while. So yeah. so there's there's also organizations that help people establish in states where abortion is banned, get to states where it isn't banned so they can have a safe abortion. Um, There's the Midwest Access Coalition, the New Orleans Abortion Fund, and ARC Southeast. There's others you can find out there. Also, like you mentioned, Allison, some companies are helping people, helping their employees in states where abortion is now illegal to travel to states where it is legal to have a safe abortion. So Dick Sporting Good went viral. Mm-hmm. random because it's CEO so random. <laughs> said that they will cover the travel expenses of any employee who lives in a state where abortion is banned and needs to travel to another state to get an abortion. They will also cover the expensive for anyone under that employee's health plan. Disney, Warner Brothers, Meta, Zillow, many other companies are doing the same. But you know what? Okay, we say it's random. Let's give credit to where credit's due. Dick's Sporting Goods for a company that has a very funny name. It's easy to laugh at dicks um especially because their logo is balls but they also um pledged that they would stop selling ammunition i believe like they were like one of the first like big retailers to say that they were going to stop selling ammunition in their sports stores which is so i think dicks is on the right side of history generally i think dicks is with it yeah dicks is good yeah (laughs) so then there's billy joe armstrong of green day He had a different response. He had the kind of initial response I had when Trump won, which is get me the fuck out of here. So Green Day was performing at a show in London and Billy Joe told the crowd, fuck America, I'm fucking renouncing my citizenship, I'm fucking coming here. There's too much fucking stupid in the world to go back to that miserable fucking excuse for a country. So he's basically saying (laughs) that he's... (laughs) fucking done with fucking america and moving to fucking england right and he's rich it's easy for him not for others but it's easy for him he can afford the visa the travel visa very simply he's not saving up for that he can afford the immigration lawyers he's good it's easy for him and i mean england has boris johnson which is still pretty bad (laughs) prince charles is going to be king in the near future so England has that going against them, but yeah, there it, there are several strikes, but where it counts for Billy Joel, it works. Uh, Tiffany Haddish also had thoughts. She talked to People Magazine about it, and mm-hmm. she went into more about how this decision about abortion affects Black women and women of color. So she said, 
I think it's about locking up people of color. I think it's a way to put more people in jail. And I also think it's a way to control women's bodies. That's why I'm going to run for Congress. I'm going to write a bill to make it illegal for men to masturbate. How about that? If you're going to make it illegal for me to make choices with my body, then it should be illegal for you to masturbate because you're killing people when you do that. Every time you jack off, that's what? A billion people dead, no chance to live. I'm just saying you touch yourself, you are a murderer. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I grew up in uh, the type of place <laughs> where <laughs> there were a lot of churches that had that stance where it was like, if you touch yourself, you're a murderer, you're going to hell. So her message, she might need to like clean up her message a little bit more because there will be some types of churches that will cling onto that where they're like, yes. You you should go to jail if you touch yourself in the well, eyes of the Lord. Well, summer child, Tiffany, this law would never go into effect because it's a right against men. So that's yeah. never going to happen. But um, if it did pass through Ceiling Cat, remember Ceiling Cat? Yeah, I remember Ceiling Cat. You could have a job because Ceiling Cat's job was to watch you masturbate and report it to Jesus. Right. And he was good at his job. Howard Stern also had the same idea as Tiffany, but he took it to another level by saying that he's really considering running for president in 2024 because if Trump runs again, he thinks he can beat Trump. He said that his first order of business would be to get rid of the Electoral College, and then he's going to stack the Supreme Court. So he said, um, if I do run for president and I'm not fucking around, I'm really thinking about it because the only other thing I'm going to do is appoint five more Supreme Court justices. I'm not afraid to do it. As soon as I become president, you're going to get five new Supreme Court justices that are going to overturn all this bullshit. Allison, if you were American, yes, would you vote for Howard Stern for president? I was just going to ask you this question because I know you listen to Howard Stern. Uh, yeah, I would vote for Howard Stern. Is that dumb to say? Is that dumb? Like, is that a dumb thing to admit out loud? I absolutely would. Okay, <clears throat> listen to me. Here's my reasons. Okay, Howard Stern is an animal lover, and it's like very well known that him and his wife Beth Ostrowski Stern are like they cat foster cats. People who are animal lovers are generally good people, and Donald Trump is not an animal lover. He famously did not have a White House pet, therefore making him aligning him with evil. So well, I think right Rudy away, Giuliani was his White House dog, to be fair. Kind of, but I would consider Rudy Giuliani to be more of like a sick lizard. And is that really a White House? I mean, I guess technically, yes, it's he's a White House pet. I'll give that to you. Um, but yeah, I would definitely vote for him. The only thing that I would be concerned about is that, like he's saying that he would have five new Supreme Court justices and like, my fear is just that he would stack this Supreme Court with like members of the whack pack, which I am not suggesting that they don't know, you know, the laws of America, but they might not be the right fit. Uh, the whack, well, the Supreme Court right now is the whack pack to many, so they would fit. <laughs> I mean, I'll only vote for him if he makes the uh, Bologna butt toss announcement sport. <laughs> then I will vote for him. Then he'll ask him. Ask him if it's on his platform. He could add it. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So, and finally, um, Pink had a message to any of her fans who support the anti-abortion ruling. Basically, if you support it, burn her music because Pink does not want you listening to Just Like a Pill or Get the Party Started. So she tweeted, 
Let's be clear. If you believe the government belongs in a woman's uterus, a gay person's business or marriage, or that racism is okay, then please, in the name of your Lord, never fucking listen to my music again. And also, fuck right off. We good? We're good. <coughs> I, I agree with you, so I can continue to listen to um, Don't Let Me Get Me. Oh God! Don't let me give me such a good song. A I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to give that up. I think that anybody who is like, you know, pro this pro like uh, pulling back Roe versus Wade, I think they'd have to have a good look at themselves and say, "Do I want to give up Pink's entire discography for this?" And the answer is no. To be honest, even even if you're like limited to her debut album, I would still choose that over yeah. anything else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So the gist is that people are mad, and rightly mm-hmm. so. Medical rights have been taken away. And honestly, like most people in this country, according to polls, most people in this country want abortion legal across the country. That's the um, wild thing. Yeah, the numbers don't lie. They're very high. Yeah, like, that's, I think that's why it's so frustrating. And also, like, <laughs> many immigrants, like my family members, they came to this country because this country is a country of choices, and now mm-hmm. they're getting taken away. I yeah, I don't like how the rug is being pulled out from under them on that no, front. We're going back to, yeah, if these walls could talk, part one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, while a very enjoyable miniseries, it's not good when it becomes real life. No, it's fucking depressing. So Elon Musk has been busy lately. Uh, he's been trying to buy Twitter or acting like he's going to buy Twitter. Um, Tesla's stock has been tanking. Elon has pissed off Tesla workers by telling them that they can't only work from home anymore and have to go back to the office. But then they go back to the office and there's not enough desks for everyone. There's not enough parking spots. It's a mess. But his mm-hmm. family life is a mess, too. Yeah. You you know, when people say, like, leave it at work or leave it at home, he can't do either. No, his life is a me- every corner of his life is a mess. Mm-hmm. So Elon has two children with Grimes. He has several children with his ex, Justine Musk, including an 18-year-old uh, child. So that 18-year-old has come out as, transge- as transgender, as a transgender woman. And she's also come out as a hater of Elon Musk, her father. <laughs> I'm, so pr- I'm so proud of her for two reasons. <laughs> congratulations to both of those choices. Coming out as trans, congratulations. I'm so proud of you and happy for you. Coming out as somebody who hates Elon Musk also extremely proud of you yeah welcome to the party yeah muskrat hate (laughs) is what our club is called so um elon's 18 year old child has legally changed her name to vivian jenna wilson she's a musk no more so in her petition vivian asked for the name change and her uh gender identity change and she also made it clear that she's changing her name because she wants nothing to do with her biological father. So she wrote that the reason for her name request is gender identity and the fact that I no longer live with or wish to be related to my biological father in any way, shape, or form. This is why I love Vivian so much already. I don't even know anything about Vivian, but I love the fact that it would have been, they would have just accepted if she'd said, uh, like, identity. Like, I'm changing my name because of my identity. They would have accepted that. Nothing else on top of it. But then she goes the extra mile of being like, you know, my gender identity. And also because. (laughs) Because. Tell me you fucking hate your father without telling me. 
you fucking hate your father. Are those and she's and she's telling us in that yeah. <laughs> name change. So Vivian's mother tweeted support for her on Twitter. Elon hasn't specifically said anything about this, but he has tweeted before that he supports trans people. But here he goes. Big butt. Big butt. All these pronouns are an aesthetic nightmare. If he wants to talk about an aesthetic nightmare, should we talk about his offices at Tesla? Yeah, exactly. Or an aesthetic nightmare, seeing a Tesla that bursts into flames spontaneously. The judge in L.A. granted Vivian's request, so she's a Musk no more, officially. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's it's one of those things, too, because, like, you you really have to, like, hate your dad to emancipate yourself in that way. Because here's the thing. Elon Musk is rich. We've established he's a very rich person. He's a billionaire. He's the and richest person. He is, he, he is one could consider yeah some could consider him to be the richest person alive but like i like i would love i would love to know somebody who had that much money because i feel like money would solve a bunch of my problems if you're related to somebody who is the richest person in the world that would to me that would be the kind of thing where i would be willing to overlook a lot of shit if if i was able to like ask them for money sometimes if they were my dad and i was like uh can you pay for this for me or can you pay for this for me and they did it i'd be like okay i'm willing to ignore the fact that you're like an asshole most of the time so the fact that vivian has decided like i don't want anything to do with him that tells me that you're like really done with a person when you can't even tolerate them you can't even tolerate them well also because like you she has she's walking through life with the last name musk so everyone's going to ask, are you Elon's daughter? So no, she doesn't want that question asked. She doesn't even, but also like, I mean, think about the nepotism that you could have there too, right? Where it's like, oh my gosh, are you Elon Musk's daughter? Like, let me get you this table at this restaurant or let me um, get you a job or whatever. Like, she's like, no, I no, Elon Musk is not my dad. Don't ask me if he's my dad. She doesn't want any of that life. Good for her. No. And, uh, and Elon Musk's kids with, Grimes, they have fucked up names too. They're probably asking um, Vivian for those um, name changing. Yeah, they're like, we're, they're send me. They're like, send me the link to the website for that. Can you just print and them you, off at home? And you know, like I have my father's last name, and I haven't talked mm-hmm. to my father in over twenty five years. Zero contact. Okay. I have zero contact beside the family. So I have thought of changing my last name. Right, but. My name is really hard to say, so I love watching people try, to, listening to people try to say it. So that's not going to change. <laughs> that's like my pure, favorite pastime. Purely, like purely the pettiness. People's brains slowly break as they try to pronounce my name. So let's end this part of the show with something stupid and fluffy, and we can always count on Ben Affleck to deliver some of that. So Ben's fiance Jennifer Lopez shared a Father's Day tribute video to him. And in it, there's a shot of his home office. And next to his desk is a soda fountain machine. Now, I'm not talking about some soda stream. I'm talking about a full-on soda machine that's found in fast food places. That wasn't the big news, (laughs) believe it or not. Uh, Ben's soda fountain went viral because he has four kinds of drinks on his soda fountain. So he has Mountain Dew. He has another one I couldn't 
I, I didn't, I couldn't figure out what it was. It's either like Nest Tea or I don't know what it is. So he's Mountain Dew, something else. And then he has Diet Pepsi and Diet Coke. I get it. I People get it. Are, are calling him like the master of chaos and luxury because he has both Diet Pepsi and Diet Coke. And they think he should pick, pick a side. I mean, we, I mean, he has commitment issues. So this just confirms it. He does. Also, Ben Affleck's taste is questionable. Like, we know that his favorite food is, like, Jack in the Box and Dunkin' Donuts. So that would explain why he has Diet Pepsi on his soda machine. Yeah. Because it's pretty and gross. Mountain Dew, <laughs> and Mountain Dew. Oh, obviously. don't talk about Mountain Dew like that, Michael. <laughs> Sorry. No. So Slay points out that having both Coke and Pepsi in your home and your at-home soda fountain is an extra layer of luxury. Okay? So they write... Coca-Cola and Pepsi products almost never appear in the same machine in the wild because each company uses its own proprietary connector for soda fountains. This implies that someone went to considerable lengths to produce Affleck's machine, which also seemingly includes a Mountain Dew flavor, a Pepsi brand. Yeah, I mean, it's it is true, though. It's like I worked in I've worked in a couple bars in my past and the machines are either Coke or Pepsi. There's nothing in between. And like, I know how to hook up those like syrup boxes to a Coke, like Coke ones, but I wouldn't know how to do a Pepsi one. So yeah, somebody is like working overtime at Ben Affleck's house to ensure that he has both Diet Pepsi and Diet Coke. Yes, but I do think the lead is being buried here. Okay. Because you mentioned this. Like, Ben Affleck is a bona fide Dunkin' Donuts slut, right? He loves Dunkin'. He's always down to clown. But next to his desk is a soda fountain machine that doesn't have any Dunkin'. There's no Dunkin' Culotta in there. And he, he, yeah, he's. It's betrayal. It's betrayal of the most painful. No, but maybe maybe his level. thing is that maybe his thing is that he has to see them in person. He needs the full experience. He doesn't want to recreate it at home. He needs the full experience of Duncan in person. He's got to talk to a human. He has to know a human is making. He needs like the emotional connection to it. Is what I'm saying. Okay, so then so the next door to his office is probably a Duncan. Yeah, maybe he's got a little shed in his. Maybe he's got a shed in his backyard that's like the world's smallest Dunkin' Donuts. So, Allison, if you were rich, what four flavors would you have? Mountain okay, Dew. Well, Mountain Dew, obviously. <laughs> Clearly Mountain Dew. Um, I would have, so I don't really, I don't really like fuck around with soda anymore. I kind of stopped drinking soda for a while. So this is going to sound really like fancy, but one of them would probably be some type of flavored sparkling water. So either like um, like a lime Perrier or a pineapple bubbly. Ooh, fancy. I know, very fancy. Um, so some kind of sparkling water like that. But then if I had to, if somebody was like, no, you have to pick sodas, it would be root beer. And um, you know what? Maybe like cherry Coke. Or just all Mountain Dew. I would be okay with three Mountain Dews because if one Mountain Dew breaks, then I've got two left over. And if I want to, and if I want to fill two cups at the same time, exactly. So what would yours be filled up with? Well, because of the world we're living in this day and age, I'd probably, one would be vodka. Definitely. One would be like a weed soda, then LSD, then the last one, crack water. (laughs) 
<laughs> so so basically yours would come with a warning that says, please children, don't fill up your cups here. Okay, so Michael, lots of people like to talk about the people that made them realize that they were, that like, how do I say this without sounding like an old person? I just realized I'm going to sound like a very old person. When you're like a kid and you see something on TV or movie and it kind of defines your sexuality. Mm -hmm. So like, for example, like for a lot of people. Well, you get horny. You get horny, but also it's like, I'm, I'm just using this as an example. It's not me. But, like, maybe you're watching Dinosaurs and, like, the teenage brother dinosaur, you're like, oh, he's kind of cute. What the fuck, Allison? <laughs> Are you telling me you you get the tingles for a dinosaur? Dinosaur I, boy? No, some people might have, is what okay. I'm saying. I'm, I'm going to give them a pass. Is that like, someone fine. you? <laughs> <laughs> if you go back and rewatch Dinosaurs, the teenage brother dinosaur was very cute. <laughs> He had a certain charisma to him. Um, so, like, lots of people will have things like, like, for a lot of people, it's like cartoons, TV shows. Sometimes it's re- in real life. Like, for a lot of a lot of girls of the 90s, it was like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. So, for Anderson Cooper, it was Richard Gere, apparently. So, Anderson recently appeared on Andy Cohen's radio show. And he talked about um, how he realized that he was gay from looking at Richard Gere, which I think a lot of people can probably relate to that. So he says that he went to see, except his is like very fancy. It wasn't Anderson Cooper watching um, TV or movies. He went to a play. He lived, he grew up in New York. He grew up rich. And he went to a play, um, the play Bent in 1977. Anderson was 11 years old. And he said, this was Richard Gere in 1977 looking for Mr. Goodbar. He was so beautiful. And I'm there. My mom didn't go. It was just me and my mom's two gay friends. And I remember being like, oh my God, I'm gay. I'm totally gay. Because Richard Gere was in uh, Bent. Richard Gere appears like naked or like shirtless in the play. So anyways, he said that like after the show, he was taken backstage to meet Richard Gere and get him to sign his playbill. But he was way too nervous to say anything. So he didn't. And then like years later, he told Richard Gere the story and he signed his playbill and he was very charmed by it. Yeah, it is. It is a rich person. Famous. That's like because yeah. most of us, we get like the tingles from Richard Gere, seeing Richard Gere like on screen, Pretty Woman, Officer and a Gentleman, or whatever. Anderson gets it from seeing a shirtless Richard Gere live and in person. Like we get it. You're connected. You don't need to tell us. But I mean, this makes this makes a lot of sense. So, like what what Anderson Cooper is saying though is like, I feel like Richard Gere could probably replace the Kinsey scale. Like, just, like, throw up a picture of Richard Gere from American Gigolo and be like, okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how horny does this make you? Except it wouldn't work, because everybody should be answering 10 to that. Yeah, except gerbils. They're going to say absolutely zero. Okay, so, speaking of gay stuff, the movie Lightyear came out recently. And if you're not familiar, Lightyear is the movie based on the astronaut, based on the toy from Toy Story, Buzz Lightyear. So it's not a movie about Buzz Lightyear. It's a movie based on the astronaut who the toy was based on. It's a little convoluted. Um, But the notable thing about Lightyear is that for like, oh, like a quarter of a second, you see a same-sex kiss between two women. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I've seen it online. Have you looked at it? Yeah, it's nothing. It's like the the tamest shit. It's, It's literally like two older married women giving each other like a quick peck on the lips. But obviously, that's 
to somebody who is deeply homophobic, that's not something they want to look at. So there's a theater in Oklahoma, a movie theater. It's called the 89er Theater in Kingfisher, Oklahoma. And they put up a notice that was warning parents about the most dangerous, scandalous moment in Lightyear, a children's movie. And it said, attention, parents. The management of this theater discovered after booking Lightyear that there is a same-sex kissing scene within the first 30 minutes of the Pixar movie. We will do all we can to fast forward through that scene, but it might not be exact. And so that's exactly what they've been doing is fast forwarding every time it gets to the kissing scene. And so a lot of people have complained about it, saying like, that's, it's bullshit to watch the movie and see them fast forward through it, especially because it's so clumsy. And uh, like many advocacy groups are saying like, that's super homophobic of you to do that, especially because it's not like they, it's not like Pixar threw in some like you know, computer-generated cartoon porn in the middle of it. It's barely anything. It's Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Well, and think fast-forwarding through it, to me, like, brings more attention to it than just fucking showing. If you just fucking show it, kids probably gonna shrug. Not, It's not a big deal, probably. Abs- but drawing absolutely. attention by fast-forwarding it, I mean... <laughs> It's so awkward. It's so weird. Have you ever, like, watched a movie where somebody has fast-forwarded through a part of it? No. Okay, I have. (laughs) I remember watching a movie with, like, a friend of mine. I think it might have been, like, Young Frankenstein or something. And I'm probably getting the movie wrong. But I just remember their parent, we were watching it with their parents, and they, like, scrambled to grab, like, the channel changer. And they're, like, fast-forwarding it. But then they went too far, and they had to go back and, like, try to correct itself and then they went back too far again they had to fast forward again it's like oh my gosh please this is making it so weird like just turn off the movie at this point i don't feel good anymore yeah and all it would make me want is to see it more and in slow motion on a loop that's all they're doing (laughs) And and then you finally watch it and you're like what that's what you were freaking out about weirdos also if they're that like if they're that christian about it they should be showing veggie tales and not anything from like disney or pixar just the same episode of veggie tales over and over again they'll i'm sure they'll be in business for a long time so michael if i asked you what chris pratt's name is what would you say his name is Ugh. well that's what <laughs> yeah. i call him that's what i say every time i see him so that's what i would say sure well when when you're when he's at like the dmv and they have to write a name down on his driver's license oh at the dmv that's double uh because you have to see your first you're seeing chris pratt and then at the dmv that's uh uh so Chris Pratt says his, like, his name is Chris Pratt, but he says that people don't call him Chris, and he doesn't even think his name is Chris. So he said, no one calls me Chris. People will call him Pratt or a CP. And he said, my friend, and I, well, like, I went golfing with my friend and my pastor the other day, and he was like, no one calls you Chris, I'm going to call you Chris. And he was like, no, it feels weird. That's not my name. Don't call me Chris. Even though, again, it's like, Pratt is a... First of all, there's only one person who should be called Pratt, Spencer Pratt. That's the only person who should have ownership of that last name. Yeah, well, it rhymes with Brat, so it's actually perfect for Chris uh, Pratt. Chris Brat. Yeah. I, I approve. Yeah. I think that he's found a loophole. Like, I think that he's just saying this, though, because I think he found a loophole in, you know, when, like, the internet will do those kind of little surveys where they're like, who is the worst famous Chris? And he wins by a landslide every time. So he's like, okay, well, I can't be the worst Chris because I don't even go by the name Chris. So he's like, I'm clearly not the worst one. 
and he's the worst Pratt too. And like you said, uh, Spencer Pratt exists. So that's saying a lot. Okay. So I don't have an Alexa in my house. Um, cause I don't like to, I don't fool around with like robots that are like people, but do you have an Alexa in your house? No. Yeah. No. They're, I mean, I'm paranoid, but I think they're spooky. They're going to be even more spookier. So Amazon has been like experimenting with the Alexa. For anybody who doesn't know, by the way, Alexa is like this machine that you have in your house. It's like a, a robot, a, like a digital home assistant. So you can ask. Oh, my God. Like... Now you sound like an old person. <laughs> You're like explaining to people what, what an all... Amazon Alexa is. You're like, well, it's what? this little who gadget, who done it thing. <laughs> And it talks right back to you, too. <laughs> you want to know what the worst part is? I had to, like, look up. Like, I had to Google what is an Alexa just to make sure. Because I don't fully know what it is. Because, again, I'm scared of it. So Amazon has been trying to figure out a way to make Alexa, um, I don't know, fucking scarier, I guess. <laughs> that was their motivation. And they they have they recently demoed a new feature for Alexa um, at, like, a trade show like technology conference thing and alexa can now mimic the voice of a dead relative so they've programmed alexa with like the system that can learn to mimic the voice of a dead person after hearing about one minute of audio of that person and so amazon has said like ai can't erase the pain of loss but it can make the memories of that deceased person last through Alexa copying its voice and repeating it back to you. So they don't say when this is going to happen or if it's ever going to happen. Like they just demoed it being like, this is something that we were screwing around with and we figured it out. Um, but like, I, would you, Michael? No, that's, that's, I know what you're going to ask and no. That's yeah, way no. too Black Mirror for me. Yeah. It's like that's... the um, hearing, hearing version of um, Sixth Sense. I, I hear dead people. No, thanks. And I like, okay, so they also said they will be able to mimic the voice of anybody, not just your dead relative, anybody. So people are going to use this for sex shit, honestly. They're going to make it their Alexa sound like Idris Elba, and then they're going to talk dirty to it and make it talk dirty back to it. Yeah, I feel like even copying Idris Elba's voice, that's like a victimless crime, though, because at least you're using it for the powers of good. There's something dark-sided about taking the voice of like a deceased person and making them do your bidding. Like yeah. I don't, the person's dead. Like let them rest, let the dead rest in peace. I don't want to be asking them like, Hey, Alexa, the voice of so-and-so's grandma. Uh, can you give me directions to the closest yeah. target? Like leave them alone. They Dark sided, unholy. Very, yeah, extremely unholy. <laughs> okay. Speaking of holes. <laughs> What a great segue. So Brad Pitt, as we all know, owns Chateau Mirval in France. It's like his fancy French estate that makes olive oil and rosé wine. And he was fighting over it with Angelina Jolie because she sold her shares of it. And it's been like his and formerly her home for a long time. And so when he said that, so in like a recent interview he did with GQ, he talked about how when he first moved in, he was told by... Um, someone when he moved in that one of the previous owners stole millions of dollars worth of gold during medieval times and buried it all around the chateau and so he said that because he comes from the ozarks he like got very obsessed with the idea of 
digging up and hunting for this like buried treasure. And he said that he spent a whole year trying to dig up and find the gold that was buried on his property and he didn't find any. So he's thinking like, okay, there probably isn't any gold. But the point here is that he spent a full 12 months like around, like carrying a shovel over his shoulder, like digging up parts of his French property trying to find gold. Well, his legal fees are insane. So he he has to get every coin he can. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Now that it comes down to it, he's like, I'll take anything. I'll take scrap metal. I'll I'll find a wooden coin. Yeah. (laughs) And even if he did find it, he's not saying shit because Angelina would come after him. And then they'd fight in court for another. going to end this episode our last episode of the year with our last show and tell of the year so show and tell if you listen to the show you know it's where allison and i share and talk about something we're into that we think you may be into too so allison do you want to go first yes i will go first so um my show and tell i'm hoping that it's something that it's something to me that i just discovered this week so i'm hoping that when i say it people are also like, oh, I've never heard of that. Instead of people being like, Allison, everybody knows of this. (laughs) Kind of like an Alexa. So in 1994, HBO made a made-for-TV movie called Cosmic Slop. Have you ever heard of this, Michael? No. Okay, good. I'm All right, I'm glad. I'm like... Oh, yeah, I'm doing... Yeah, no, no, no. You're new to this. Okay, great. So Cosmic Slop was an anthology series. And I think that HBO was maybe hoping that it could become an actual weekly series, except it didn't. It They just showed one kind of episode of it. And so m- many people consider it to be like a TV movie um, because it was an hour and a half long. So probably uh, HBO doesn't have commercials, right? I didn't grow up with HBO. Um, so it's probably just an hour and a half long. It was hosted by George Clinton of mm-hmm. Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic. Yeah. And it was kind of created sor- or sort of like written, directed by um, Warrington and Reginald Hewdlin, who the before uh, Cosmic Slop, like the most recent thing they made was the Eddie Murphy movie Boomerang. Mm-hmm. So it's this, um, it's like a TV movie anthology series. And I think the best way that a lot of people on... Well, I mean, there's not a whole lot of information about it online. But from what I kind of have researched, a lot of people consider it to be sort of like a black Twilight Zone. And it is very much like the Twilight Zone. It's uh, science fiction based. So like Tales from the Hood is like an anthology series, but it's more of like a horror kind of anthology series. And Cosmic Slop is like a like a pure science fiction Twilight Zone um, series. So, so it's, it's scripted. Totally scripted. It's divided into and three And each episode segments. is different. Okay. Yes. So the whole TV movie itself is three episodes in a row. And um, again, like I'm, my guess is that like, because again, there's like not a whole lot of information on this. It's kind of like HBO sort of made it and then forgot about it. To me, the feeling I was getting was that HBO filmed these three episodes, meaning for them to be like an episode of like a longer series. And then they just maybe were like, okay, we're not going to take it to series, so let's group them all together and make it just a hour and a half TV movie. So um, th- the three segments, it's like one of them is kind of 
this like sort of uh, like sort of spooky, like spiritual story. Another one is the final one is like a morality play. It's kind of, it's only two people. It's like Shy McBride and um, uh, Paula J. Parker, who it like anyone who's younger would know her as the voice of Trudy Proud from the Proud family. Um, so it's like that segment is kind of about this like mysterious person who drops off um, a gun to their apartment building. And they're like um, a couple that's in like an abusive relationship. And so it's kind of, like, it's, like, a very weird sort of... Yeah, I mean, it's science fiction, because the person who drops like up... Jordan the gun, like, Jordan peele It's very, very Jordan Peele. And, like, so the reason that I kind of wanted to pick Cosmic Slop is because Jordan Peele's latest movie, Nope, comes out next month. And this reminds me a lot of something that Jordan Peele would make. So, like, the very first segment is about these aliens that come to earth and they um, talk to the American president and they're like, we'll solve all of your problems, but you have to give us every black American and we can't, we're not telling you what we're doing with them. And so then it becomes this sort of like uh, this like weird, not weird. I mean, it's like, it's, it's scary. It's like a scary show. It's really weird. Um, but there's like this right wing black politician who's on like the president's council played by Robert Guillaume, who, again, many people know him as Rafiki from The Lion King. Um, and he's, like, he's trying to decide, like, whether or not, like, he he obviously doesn't want to do this trade, but then he's being pressured to do the trade, and then there's, like, being, there's, like, deals being, like, well, if you encourage people to, they have this referendum, and they're, like, well, if you encourage people to vote yes, like, we'll put you up in, like, a safe house in England, like, where they won't get you and stuff. And anyway, so it's very... It's um, really weird, really spooky, very science fiction-y. One of the uh, stories ends up with like a Twilight Zone kind of twist ending, which I love. That's why I was into this. Um, finding it is not that hard. You just have to go to YouTube. <laughs> There's like people have uploaded clips of it. So I think one person on YouTube has uploaded the whole um, the whole three episodes together. They don't have so- it on HBO. No, that's the thing. It's like HBO has completely like, you can't find it anywhere. There's no Wikipedia page for this. There's a very limited IMDb uh, entry on it. Um, But there's like no, there's nothing. So maybe there's some type of like legal thing that HBO hasn't uploaded it. I don't have HBO Max, but I do have the Canadian version of like HBO Max. And I couldn't find it on there. I had to watch it on YouTube. But because of that, though, it's very accessible for everyone. And there will be ones where, like, people will be like, Cosmic Slot Part 1, Cosmic Slot Part 2. And so it's it's easy to watch. It's just, it's clumsy. <laughs> it should be uploaded to HBO Max because it's very, very cool and weird and, like, well-written and really well-directed. And also it's, like, from 1994. So there's a really great look about it, too. Anyway, so that's so, my yeah. show and so, tell. So Cosmic Slop on HBO... Yeah. But you can watch on YouTube or write HBO and tell them to give you comic slop. Because <laughs> they're like, <laughs> yeah, do that. Demand it. Be like, put, why is this not put on in like high definition? It's so good. Uh, my show I tell this week, it's a TikTok account. A TikTok account okay. that has brought me lots of joy. So the account is j.money.baby. And... She's a teacher named Mrs. Johnson from, I believe, like the Fort Worth, Texas area. I'm not too sure. Uh, she's teaching eighth grade summer school right now. But when regular school was in session, so she taught fifth graders. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. And she had this bit on TikTok where she would play them songs like from the 90s and early aughts and such and ask them to write down their thoughts on the song. And then she would show what they wrote down. So she played them the song and then asked them to complete this sentence. Mrs. Johnson's playlist is. Okay. Uh-huh. So, and then she would show us what they wrote. So the first, so she played them Shania Twain's Man, I Feel Like a Woman. Okay, a classic, a country yes, classic. Absolutely. Here's what these kids said. All of it is old people music. Relationship songs for old people. What? So bad it makes me want to cry. <laughs> it's straight up dog water. Wanna be country girl playlist. Okay, so that's how they feel. <laughs> and they, they have a lot more to say. Mrs. Johnson then played them Mariah Carey's We Belong Together. Another classic. This is what they said. Is this Beyonce? Mariah Carey's music is for grandmas. Mariah Carey's music is like the music being played at old people's party. And it's sad. Like it should be played at a funeral. Mariah Carey's music is poopy dookie. Mariah Carey's music sounds like she needs a therapist. I mean, these kids. And okay, I'm going to do one last one. So then she, so then like... She she kind of went viral on TikTok a little bit. So Natasha Bedingfield mm-hmm. asked Mrs. Johnson to play them one of her songs. Oh no! So she played them these words. Here's what some of them said: Not the vibe. This music is actually good. Psych. It's Dookie Booty. Sounds like the background of a montage in a Disney glow up for the main characters. Straight out of the toilet. I mean, and they go on and, and she's kind of slowed down because school's regular school's not in session. But right. I mean, it's my new favorite music review platform. I don't need Pitchfork. I don't need Rolling Stone. I just need Mrs. Johnson's fifth graders to tell me, uh, to give me their critique of music. Those fifth graders are brutal. That was the most brutal thing I've heard in like weeks. And they go on and on and on. And it reminds so it reminds me because uh-huh. I went to my cousin's daughter's 21st birthday a while ago. Yes. And so I'm sitting there with my cousin's daughter, she's 21, her little friends are her age. Rihanna's Please Don't Stop the Music or Don't Stop the Music comes on, right? right. She says to them, they're playing old people music. She called Rihanna all people music. Rihanna, that song is not even old either. It's like from like 2007 or something. Yeah, which I guess for someone that's 21, yeah, I that's, guess that's a million music. years ago. But wow. yeah, like when I get old, I'm going to make her take care of me and I'm just going to play uh, Don't Stop the Music over and over again. I'm not going to stop the music. And if she'll be like, please stop the music, you'll be like, well, I'll put on Mariah Carey's We Belong Together. (laughs) There's my concession. So that's our show and tell. Cosmic Slop and that TikTok, Mrs. Johnson's TikTok account, my new favorite music review Mm -hmm. site. That's, and that ends our show too. As we said last episode, we're taking the rest of the year off because 
Allison, you're having a baby. And True. I need a break, too. I mean, it, I mean, it sounds like we throw these episodes together in three minutes, but it but takes work. <laughs> no. Yeah, we, they're longer than three minutes. There's much more than three minutes that's involved. <laughs> so we'll be gone for a bit, but we want to thank everyone who has listened to us this year. I still can't believe people listen to us, but they do. So thank you. And we hope you have a happy summer, happy Halloween, happy Canadian Thanksgiving, happy, happy American, American Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. <laughs> happy Christmas, happy Hanukkah. Did I miss anything? Um, it's solstice, winter solstice, if that's what you celebrate. Yeah, that too. There's many um, winter holidays that happen in yeah, December, there's, so there's all many of those ones. Happy all of them. Yes. Um, our email will be open if you want to email us. That's dtpadelisa.com. You can also email Allison at allison at delisa.com or me at uh, michaelkadelisa.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. You can find us anywhere. We are not hiding. We are easy to find. <laughs> Too easy, some might say. But yeah. um, thank you again. Till next year. So much. We will, we will miss you very much. Bye. Bye.